Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. So bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn, and I'm wearing aggressively turquoise boxer briefs because I like to feel like I've got a sexy secret intermittently through the day. <laughs> it is Bankroll Builder Wednesday. And uh, to join me, uh, I got someone that a lot of you may know uh, because, I mean, you can't turn on YouTube without seeing this man, it seems like. <laughs> and what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went bad shit. Ladies and gentlemen, he failed to menace, but he succeeded to steal our hearts. Mr. Matthew DeSantis. What's up, dude? What's going on, Chase? I absolutely love that new drop. That is fantastic. Uh, and uh, what I'll say is, I didn't ask for your permission to come out here. All right. <laughs> Very well done. You know, I had an ex-girlfriend uh, whose goal in life was to be Sharon Stone in Casino, but like the first half of Casino, like the <laughs> yeah, like yeah, before yeah. it got real dark. Uh, yeah. For for you know, I, I was I, for everybody's sake, that was yeah. <laughs> I think she just wanted to own furs. I think she could have just said it that way instead um so Sharon, actually Sharon Stone is a smoke show in the first half of that movie that's so ridiculous yeah. oh dude oh for sure oh for sure like that sequence was luck- lucky to be wearing her you know what I'm saying um <laughs> so I- I'm glad that you're here uh I mean you know you seem in the loop like uh globally geopolitically and uh, I mean I'm sure we've all heard the news that came out in just the last few minutes and seen the footage uh, from the uh, American drone of the two, you know, Russian fighter jets. And, I mean, I, I was not surprised in the slightest whenever they zoomed in at the pilots' faces and the two fighter pilots turned out to be uh, Irad and Jose Ortiz. Hey, two times. <laughs> they're, they're dropping bombs on people, man. We'll <laughs> see. It, it fits. It fits. Okay, you have just a, a tired drone struggling to hold on to its lead while these two super jets come zooming up behind it. You know, they're talking telepathically for all you know, because you can't yeah. hear it. And yeah. uh, then, you know, he just they just kind of herded it into the sea. You know, it, it is uh, it, it, honestly, it's an analogy for every single day at Gulfstream Park, it feels like. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, yeah. I mean, we've seen this play out over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah, and it's Paco Lopez is that drone and just trying, but never gets it. Yeah, just so- sorry. Main takeaway here should be uh, Ortiz Brothers, uh, the Notorious OTV, will see you in Guantanamo. We will see you in Guantanamo someday. Uh, Matthew's rocking his uh, Furman Paladin shirt. Proud Furman Paladin. Proud Purple Paladin, this man. Uh, You excited for March Madness? 
Very excited. For the first time in 43 years, my alma mater from a university has made the NCAA tournament. Yep. It never happened during my lifetime, which gives you some instance of how old I am. Uh, I was born uh, four months after they made it to the NCAA tournament in 1980, and they have uh, not won much since then. But we've had a really nice program the last seven to ten years, Uh, but we've just – it's we come from the Southern Conference, so it's a single-bid league, and – you know, if you don't win the conference tournament, you're not going to you're not going to get there. So yeah. uh, we've just fallen short in the big uh, tournaments, but we are able to close the deal this year. Two really good fifth year seniors, Jason Slauson and uh, Mike Bothwell. I'm looking mm-hmm. for an upset of Virginia in the first round. Uh, two very hoity toity schools going right at each other. So I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's. There are statues of presidents at one of those places. I know. Um, <laughs> we have statues know. of uh, my dad. You know that that's about where where we're at. So he is he is the Furman Paladin. In <laughs> fact, it turns out. Um, yeah, man. That's are, are you? I have to figure you're a pretty big bracket person, right? I mean, you pretty much. I mean, you love drafts. You love drafting yeah. things. I feel like this is what is this if not just like battles to like sixty four battles to the death? You know. I do. I so I love brackets. I don't. Um, I don't follow college basketball as much as I probably should. Uh, and I just kind of pick up little things here and there. I tend to just trust certain programs this time of year more than anything else. Certain coaches. I tend to look for like what schools have a lot of fifth year seniors or like older teams that just, you know, know how to play basketball. Who's got the best point guard. Like those are things I usually just go to as like a cheat code a little bit, but yeah, love filling out brackets. Always a lot of fun. And then I just do, you know, one for fun where I'm like, which mascot would be, you know, beat up another mascot yeah. in, in these sorts of situations. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I guess last time I saw you, we talked to the uh, the Azuri Stakes, which was this past weekend yeah. at Oakland. We had the return to Secret Oath as a four-year-old. What did you think of the, the, the filly on the fly? I'm Super impressive. You know, she looked, uh, I, I talked about this on the Win Play show, and, and, you know, we talked about it when we discussed our Stakes preview, but she looked fresh. You know, she that burst was back. And she just needed some time off and she finally got it. And she kind of looked like her old self and she certainly likes Oaklawn park. That's pretty dang sure. So uh, I was really impressed. I think it's going to set up for a great showdown between her and nest uh, and Clarier as well. I mean, Clarier just, I wasn't the biggest fan of that ride that Joel gave her. I mean, just because secret oath got the jump on her. And if anybody gets the jump on Clarier, she's not going to win because yeah. she grinds and she needs to be the one to start moving first, uh, not the other horse that has a better turn of foot so right uh you know it was one of those but i mean the big three showed up right i mean it was secret oath first clear air second interstate j dream third and those were the big three in the morning line yeah and uh you know hot and sultry uh <sighs> did exactly what we uh did not want her to do or anticipate her doing which was um said fuck all those tactics i just learned <laughs> Exactly. I'm going. <laughs> Let me just fuck up Chase's long, long shot. You know, all, all up one side and down the other. Like it was awful. Uh, yeah. It was. I mean, lovely ride to to that horse's credit. She does what she always does, which is she goes out to the front. She runs her fucking eyeballs out. It's just yeah. it was too much pace. Too much. Yeah. Pace I mean, she she finished fourth. I mean, so she she held her own. Uh, you know, there at the end, but it was still yeah, not not the best ride. All right. Well. It is Wednesday. That means it is Bankroll Builder Wednesday. Hey, if you if you listen to Bankroll Builder last week with uh, me and Barry Spears, uh, we turned your one hundred dollars into three hundred fifty dollars. Hey, you're welcome. 
No big deal. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious So TV. When we get back, me and Matthew are going to jump into Bankroll Builder Wednesday. We're going to show you our best plays for a $100 budget. We'll be right back. That's right. Two from both nuts. That's right. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. And be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. There's so many ways to bet big on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The DJ Dance, our March Madness bankroll contest is back. It's free to enter. And $1,000 in cash prizes are up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half unders bingo where you can win a SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. It's Wednesday. It's Bankroll Builder Wednesday. I've got Matthew DeSantis with me. We're going to be looking at this Friday's Oakland Park card. Uh, first post is going to be 135 Eastern, 1235 God's time. And that's this, uh, what, St. Patrick's Day, right? Friday, March 17th, year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, and so, yeah, $100 budget, any race, any wager type. It's the strategy of how we attack a card, what plays we play. Uh, Matthew, what did you have a like an overarching strategy for this entire card? Was there a sp- specific thing that you were looking for or how you wanted to time out your races? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think for me, when I looked at this card, there were some tricky sequences. And so I wasn't necessarily sure that I wanted to play a lot of sequences. There were some races where there were like two or three heavy favorites in a race that were probably going to be really short money, but I didn't feel confident enough to single anybody. And so it was like, well, like I I don't want to spread with like a nine to five and a six to five and a five to two. Like that, that's no good. Uh, And so I ended up just playing a lot of just straight, you could say like vertical or just spot plays, you know, throughout the card. And mm-hmm. I, you know, played a, a one daily double, I think. But really, I just kind of tried to focus on each individual race and trying to put together a nice bet for each individual race. You know, I've noticed of, of the all the people that I bring on, they it just it seems like you clearly break into two groups, and it's the people who want to make two just like very strong high base you know, base wager kind of plays or the people who kind of want to try to grind it out through the, through the, uh, the course of the day. Like, I mean, for the impatient person, uh, like myself, uh, doing what I do, which is try to play like the, the heavier base wager plays that start in like race five and race six, hard as hell to do. Uh, I recommend Matthew's way, uh, cause you got a little bit of action all during the day. You wait your opinions, of course. Uh, but you know, I, I, you know, that's why I, that might've sounded not like a compliment. But it was it was it was a compliment. Yeah, you know, I like Clarier. I'm a bit of a grinder, and so I just like to kind of grind away each individual race. I am a naturally very conservative better as well, so I don't like to put 
a huge, all, all my eggs essentially in one basket. I like to spread out. If you ever see me at the roulette table in Vegas, I don't, I'm not the guy who comes up and puts, you know, a hundred bucks on red or a hundred dollars on black. You know, I play the corners, I play the angles, I spread. I just try to kind of stay afloat, build up the bankroll slowly, but surely, but you know, turn a hundred dollars into $150, turn 150 into 250, turn, you know, uh, 250 into 350 at some point, you know, it's just slowly build it up, but that's just, that's my mentality. There's a lot of people who are far more aggressive with their gambling that probably pays off for them in some ways, but it just doesn't fit who I am and how I enjoy myself at the track. Cause if I, you know, all of a sudden got super aggressive and was like, I'm going to put, you know, to these tickets together and I'm just going to start, you know, putting down a pick four right after a pick three, after a pick five, you know, all this other stuff, I would be stressed out. Like I would not be having a good time and I would not be having fun at the sure. track. And when I go to the track, I go to have fun. And I like having fun by doing $10 win bets and, you know, things like that. <laughs> right. So right. It's, just, it's a different mentality. That's all. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's jump into this card. Uh, for yep. me, my my strategy, I, I decided to focus on the back half of the card. Uh, I don't blame you. That makes a lot of sense. There's rain that's supposed to be moving through uh, tonight, Wednesday. Uh, so you might have a, you know, a track that's uh, drying out still a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry. It's going to be moving through. Uh, tomorrow during the races uh, t towards the uh, latter half and should be drying out for Friday's card. So I tried to yeah. stick with the the idea that it's going to be drying out towards the back half. And what I have come to count on is that it kind of turns into a conveyor belt at that point. And early speed can really kind of cruise. So I found a couple spots where I have horses that just look much the best on the front end. And I'm trying to run some daily doubles through them in the, in the late half. But for Matthew, who in undoubtedly enjoyed the variety cereal pack as a child let's start picking through this card uh race one yeah uh twenty thousand dollar claimer six furlongs uh take it away sir yeah so for this one there's kind of three horses that stick out uh the number one horse um tis hot and dusty which i'm gonna try to play against inside rail blinkers going on you know ricardo's on the mount you might think well let's let's play that a ricardo when he's aggressive is, is great here's the thing though that's a horse that was just claimed from diodoro's barn for brad cox i really don't like playing horses coming out of diodoro's barn traditionally uh to another barn only i think about a 12 or 13 percent win rate over the last five years so i'm going to kind of fade the one and then it comes down to really the four and the five i think and i'm willing to kind of bet against the five interestingly enough even though that's got diodoro's top rider uh, Christian Torres, I'm going to end up playing the four. I'm just going to do a $10 win bet on the number four, Alvaro, uh, at three to one on the morning line. I have a feeling that that, that is going to go up uh, from there. I think you're going to get good value on this horse. This horse beat uh, the number five is Stablemate Blackstorm last time out. This horse, I just think, is more of a sprinter. And this horse, at this point in his career, is more of a sprinter. And the last few times out, at, you know, last time out at a mile, you know, that was a high level allowance race. You're seeing a pretty significant class drop down and I'm willing to take a shot here, beating maybe the main Diodoro with the secondary Diodoro. The other horses have always been doing well lately for Chad Brown, for Steve Asmussen, for Todd Pletcher. Why not for Robertino? So that's uh, my plan race one. So last time I was at Oaklawn, uh, Caleb Knight uh, was there with me, and I got to go with my friend uh, Tim Stedman, Titan of Litigation, who uh, works for John Holloman, who owns Alvaro. So we got to go down to the paddock for them to saddle uh, Alvaro. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he never showed. 
Uh, he never walked into the paddock. He yeah. was such a such a head case that yeah. they had to they had to saddle him on the uh, on the track. So it was just us just standing around in a paddock. <laughs> paddock stall with uh, robertino diodoro for like 10 15 minutes <laughs> all right that was all my input for race well let's move love it to uh six furlongs this is a twenty thousand dollar arkansas bred uh maiden claiming race for the phillies uh me and larry colmas agree if you ever want to make millions of dollars breed Seriously. a world-class arkansas bred horse uh what did you think of the archie breads and choose your slurs carefully you're talking to an archie bread <laughs> i'm a big fan of the archie breads i actually just got off a text conversation with the wife of a trainer at oakland park and we were talking about this exact uh, same thing about how great the archie bread races are so i am all in on that even when i'm off camera i am supporting the archie breads um and so this race i need people to not turn off because i'm going to advocate using a show bet and uh, I, I need everybody just to stay with me for like two seconds while I explain this. Um, there is a long shot in this race. The number two, Lori's eyes. I am going to, I, if I get bold, I may use $10 to win on this horse, but I'm definitely putting $10 on this horse in some capacity, uh, whether that is to win, to place, or to show. Um, and I'll explain why. This horse has, I think, Really fascinating running lines. If you just draw a line through every time this horse is on a sealed track and you draw a line through when this horse essentially is in the last race that sends her to the bench, she's got form. Like there's not, there's some decent races in there in comparison to what the rest of this field looks like. And it's not all that long ago. Like you look at some of those races from this time last year. I mean, she posts a 48 buyer speed figure, which she's done before. She wins this race. And I just think, you know, she she can flash some speed, to your point, get the conveyor belt out a little bit. If she can get out there on the lead or close to it, I think she's got a real chance. And I, this is one where I think it, some of this is going to depend on what the line looks like, maybe the, as, you know, once the windows open and as things progress. But I definitely want to use that two-horse in some capacity i'm going to be like i said i'm going to be putting a ten dollar bet down on her one way or the other the level of that bet is going to vary depending on what her line is if it gets if she gets bet down then i'll go to win if she starts floating up to like 40 to one then maybe i'll just stick to a place show bet or something like that but uh i i like her very much let's talk show bets let's talk show bets real quick um yeah. you're you're the first person to be so bold as to show bet on I, bank, I bankroll builder wednesday <laughs> Uh, for the record, uh, and I want to come out unequivocally, unequivocally on the subject and be on the record and let everyone know where I stand with show bets. Show bets can be smart fucking bets sometimes, people. Smart fucking bets. Mm -hmm. Here's the question you have to ask yourself before a show bet. Who are the horses that are going to be taking a huge chunk of the show pool that you are willing to bet don't hit the board? Because if you if one of them doesn't hit the board, you can get paid really well for a long shot horse just to finish, you know, just to finish third. Um, you know, it, you just have to be aware of what market you're investing it in, where it's going, and where you think, you know, what's going to happen to where you think the money is going. That's it. That's my diatribe on show bets. Absolutely. No, I, I there's a time and a place. And I know there are some people who would say, absolutely not. There's never a time and never a place. And I, I understand that logic and I understand that argument and I respect it. 
But it goes back to the type of better. I'm just more conservative by nature. And when I look at a PP, I can't talk myself into Lori's eyes in this case, winning the race necessarily. Sure. But I know it beats Lori's eyes 14 times in a row and gets away <laughs> with it, Matthew. Exactly. But I can talk myself into her hitting the board. And if I think she's going to hit the board, then why am I going to bet her to win if I don't think she's good enough to win? And it, it just gets into this. Do you want a you know, winning ticket versus a mathematically sound ticket? That's been a big topic of conversation on horse racing Twitter recently. But I will say, like, you know, we talk about bankroll builder Wednesday. There's a contest right now. I, I don't know if you're in it as well uh, or uh, with the uh, tour de force with like all of the. You know, we, we basically have like a fictional $100 bank account in every mm-hmm. one of these t- Kentucky mm-hmm. Derby prep races. Mm-hmm. And we decide mm-hmm. what to do. Well, a couple of weeks ago at the Wood Memorial, I had no idea what I want, or at the uh, Gotham, I should say, I had no idea what I wanted to do in that race. I put $100 down on Slip Mahoney to place. Fan freaking tastic because that came through and I turned 100 bucks into like 570 bucks. Great. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a way to bail the bankroll with these types of bets if you're smart about it i'm not in that tournament i'm actually in a month-long um battle to the death with my self-esteem that's mine <laughs> that's my march madness well, ladies I, and gentlemen. I, hope, I hope you uh went out <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good it is not looking good all right and on that depressing note we're gonna take a quick break here at the notorious otv when we get back we're gonna talk about the rest of this oakland park friday card on our bankroll builder wednesday show oh the BBW show. Fat girl, come here. Are you ticklish? We'll be right back. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get down on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, we are looking at the Friday Oakland card. Uh, Matthew took the shotgun approach. So we're digging through these races. We're going to go with race three here. Uh, it's mile race, another Arky bread. It is a $55,000 allowance race. Another one for the Phillies. He likes the Arkansas bread ladies. Um, <laughs> all right, man, take it away. Yeah. So this one is where I'm going to play a daily double with race four. So I am actually just going to single a horse here. Uh, I'm going to single the favorite of the five too pretty at six to five on the morning line. Uh, this horse just has the speed and it should be the lone speed. If the six decides to go, which maybe he's got better speed, maybe not. If, but if the six decides to go, what gives me confidence is that the five has rated before and one. And so I'm just going to use the five in this one and move on and try to catch a price and race for all right. I mean, that's kind of how I ended up structuring my bets. Is I found like two horses I felt were, or three horses I felt were like just world beaters, and uh, that I could fit comfortably put into a daily double. So let's see how you're wrapping it up. Let's go to race four, eight and a half furlongs, hundred three thousand dollar non-winners of two lifetime allowance. Uh, going mile and a sixteenth. What do you think? Yeah. So it ends up being a twelve dollar daily double with the five, and then I'm gonna use the three, four, six, seven uh, in race four. And I'm really hoping we catch the three or the four uh, there in the next one. So the 
the uh, the three is a Dwayne Lucas horse who really popped last time out. Uh, took a big jump on speed figures. Maybe that's real. Maybe it's not. But a twelve to one on the morning line. I'm willing to include this horse to try to find out. A ten gauge, the number four horse, I think is just really consistent, very solid. Shows some improvement. Can handle different types of tracks depending on condition. Uh, has been running in these, you know, really high level allowance races for a while. And uh, so I just have some confidence at nine to two in the morning line. Plus, it's a gun runner. And when all else fails, bet gun runner. And um, and then the reason I include the six and the seven is really more so for class because both of these horses are coming off a layoff, but they're doing it for trainers who are really good off a layoff. And that's what kind of you go, ah, do I want to include King uh, Ottoman at six to five for Steve Asmussen? Well, he's clearly got the best class in the race. I mean, this is a horse that's been running greatest stakes competition the last three times out and hit the board in two of them. And so, yes, he's coming off a long layoff, but you know, how do you leave him off a ticket necessarily in this spot? And then the seven uh, call cab at two to one for Brad Cox, this horse runs back to his maiden two back ago. He's going to win easily and he's not coming off that long of a layoff. So uh, like I said, spread a little bit more here in race four, but that's going to be the way I play the third and fourth race together. What do you think of the one CJ Storm here? 30 to 1. This mm-hmm. should be the absolute lone speed. Uh, it's got a jockey I've never heard of. It was only run one race at Oakland. It's got, you know, it's racing, carrying 110 pounds. Like yes. a big, huge break on, on a speedball yeah. on, on the front end who could maybe be, be the lone early speed. Or do you think it's more of like a, just like a, I call them hood ornament horses where they're out there in front like the the winged uh, lady of a Rolls Royce just looking pretty, yeah. you know, going fast, but they, they have no substance. They don't really I, do anything. That's kind of where I landed. I wanted to like this horse more uh, because this horse did wire the field in its maiden, but that was also a state-restricted Indiana race, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah. you know, maiden special weight 38, and last time out an optional claimer 80 did exactly what you just described. Flash that early speed and then dropped anchor and said, see you later back at the barn. Uh, and finished well back. I just have a feeling that's probably what's going to happen again. All right. Well, let's hit race number five. That's where I actually get into the action. Get in here. on it. So let's go eight and a half furlongs, a $7,500 non-winners of two lifetime claiming event. Only the classy races for you motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> there's only one speed in this race that I'm interested in playing, and that's the favorite. It's the two Pittsburgh 6-5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Miller trainee that's facing winners for the uh, second time in its career. Uh, and then uh, it's a first-time gelding, and it's adding blinks. What am I for maidens that are just they're throwing the kitchen sink at? Little pig boy. <laughs> Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand on. And since it's the only horse I can say should send for the front end and make it and hold the lead, uh, with the odds, it seems like the logical play here is to just start it as a as a single in the double. Um, yes, I'm, yes, I'm singing. Uh, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. Now- <laughs> well, the so- good news is we see this race exactly the same. Uh, because I used uh, Pittsburgh in its own way. Uh, I didn't do this one in a deli, uh, double. I just did an exact key with this one. Uh, so I keyed the two up top, and then I included the 147 underneath, trying to catch a little bit of a price uh, underneath. I'm really interested in this four. 
actually, uh, and Coselio. This was actually the uh, person I was talking to that I alluded to earlier. So Ike Green's wife was a former student of mine, actually. Oh. Uh, and so uh, I was texting with her and said, hey, I'm looking over the PPs, kind of like this horse. And she said, yeah, she goes, it took Ike a while to get this horse straightened out after the claim. Feels like this horse is training lights out now and finally has figured everything out. She said, it finally feels like this horse is putting things together. I, so, I actually I, hit that horse $20 to win first race on the card at Oakland a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Lovely. Um, I love that. And so this is a horse that is ascending and I'm just hoping to catch something maybe underneath there uh, because I do think Pittsburgh is clearly the best, but uh, like I said, going to try to capture a couple of prices underneath there. The only reason I actually, I considered to going back to the well with Caselio after, after, you know, hitting it in his main breaker last time. And the only reason, the only reason I didn't, was uh, because the horse was facing winners uh, for the yeah. first time, and Caleb Knight would slap me if I played against that angle. That's his thing. That's what he does. He doesn't play those horses. All I right. usually don't either, but I'm not as aggressive. I'm not going to slap you. Caleb, so you're... I can't speak to his anger management issues. God, I'd let him. I'd let him. He, he could brutalize me. He's so pretty. Um, the two... <laughs> Yeah, like I would let him just go full like army hammer. He could just devour me like a cannibal. All right. I really hope he doesn't listen to this now. Uh, I'm this to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. I'll send it first. You know, that's that's how you manage PR, Matthew. It um is. it is. All right. So I was a single with the two Pittsburgh here, my daily double. Let's move on to race six. I'll tell you how I'm closing it out. It's the six furlong, thirty thousand dollar claiming. And if I think it turns into a conveyor belt late. Then I have a stone-cold single to wrap up the ice-cold double. That's right. It's a single-single. It's going to be the one. Best of Greeley, 7-2. to two. Stakes placed gets entered at the same claiming price as opposed to the Diodoro, you know, stop, drop, and pop. So, ran at 30000 last out, got claimed, running back at $30,000 as opposed to the claim, drop, and class, make your money from the purse and the claim sort of a, sort of tactic, which kind of tells me a little something. You know, it goes against what his typical play is, so it's more of a why are you here sort mm-hmm. of thing. And I think this will be the speed of the speed and should make a pretty easy lead from the rail. I see this one the same way, which is why I'm playing the 1-3 exacta, uh, $10 one three exacta. And I think those two are the only speed in this race, and I think they're going to go out. And I agree with you that the one's going to be the speed of the speed. But I think it's a conveyor belt, and they just finish one two, and they start off one two. So uh, I I saw this one much the same way. I didn't see much else coming behind the two of them, and uh, that's why I'll just play a ten dollar exacto one three on this one. All right, so you're flying solo again from race seven because I don't dip my toe in it again until race eight. Uh, let's talk race seven, eight and a uh, half furlongs, ninety thousand dollar maiden special weight. Uh, they can come from anywhere, anywhere in these great United States. They do not have to be, uh, only born in the great state of Arkansas. Um, what did you think of these horses not lucky enough to be born in the great state of Arkansas? Well, minus that last qualification, I thought it was pretty darn good field actually. Uh, and, uh, pretty impressive, but I'm going to take a shot and I'm not going to be a coward with my show bet. I'm going to do $10 to win on the one. Uh, the exponential star 12 to one on the morning line. I really like this horse. This horse came out of a banger of a first time maiden race. All three finishers who finished first, second, and third one next time out. Here's the more impressive thing. You go through and look 
the fourth place horse, or the, I'm sorry, the fifth place horse, the sixth place horse, the seventh place horse, they all came back and ran exponentially better the next time they went out. So like the fifth place horse came out and ran second next time. The sixth place horse came out and ran second the next time. I mean, they all stepped up and they showed the, the buyer speed figures they earned in that first race were very legitimate and, and stepped up from there uh, and took a progression. I really like this horse. He's now he's on the inside rail again. He was on the inside rail in debut as well, but now it's a two turn race. This horse should like the distance. The dam produces 29% dirt route winners. I'm going to take my shot with the one here. Big win bet on that one. This was such a wide open race. You're right. This is an excellent, uh, you know, made special weight race. And the only horse I could I could toss was the Asmussen horse that he put his kid up on because you know yeah. that one's not live. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Keith did, but Keith, I don't know if this is like paying your dues for your dad or what, but his dad gives him some bullshit horses to ride. You gotta give, you know, you you gotta, you know, you, you gotta learn, and it's better to learn on a horse that probably isn't gonna have a chance to win than screwing up horses that might very well. It's a tale yeah. as old as time. We've all seen risky business. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't want to see Keith drive the Porsche into the lake because you know what? There is a lake in the infield now at Oakland. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that. All right, let's move on. Let's race hit race eight. This is where my second and last play kicks off. Uh, it's going to be eight furlong, 62 and a half optional claimer. And this seems like another good place to take the chalk to crack off a daily double uh, because it's time for number two. Butterbean, I'm calling him the knockout machine uh, at nine to five uh, due to uh, my favorite, uh, probably the best boxer of all time, uh, Butterbean. Uh, some of you might have known him as Butterbean. Um, <laughs> first off the shelf since the CCA Oaks of Saratoga. And, and this looks like a tune up, honestly, and that this horse should probably win this race for fun on its way to bigger things. That's kind of what I what I think and how I saw it. And I've been playing the early speed a lot, but I think that the pace is unsustainable. And I always love off-pace horses that will make the middle move in the short stretch mile. mile. People say, you have to be on the lead, you have to be on the lead. Well, what do they do? They go for the horses that are on the lead at the gate. No, you need to be on the lead at the turn. So I'm looking for a horse to make the middle move like uh, Butterbean, the knockout machine, at 9-5. to So we disagree here because I'm going to fade Butterbean big time. Uh, and that's how you get knocked out. That's how a lot of people got knocked out in the eighties and nineties. That is true about that. Uh, but I usually have a lot of success when I fade Ken McPeak. So I will, I don't have a ton of confidence with him coming off a long layoff. You're right. This is a huge class drop. Absolutely. Butterbean is clearly going to go on to bigger and better things this year. Other than this race. I just don't know if I'm willing to use this horse in this race. Therefore I went to the five, uh, traverse, who should sit right behind that early speed, uh, should sit kind of right behind the, was it the three and the four, both going to flash a lot of speed uh, up front early. Five should sit behind that. So I'm going to do a $10 <clears throat> win bet on the five and then a uh, $10 exact to five, six. Uh, and I, I kind of like this six to potentially come running a little bit late um, in a small field. I hear you about the conveyor belt thing. In a small field, though, it's only a six-horse field. It, this horse is not going to be that far back, and so I, I so that's something I do tend to try to keep in mind when I play horses that are closers. Is like looking at field size because there's a huge difference between being a closer in a twelve-horse field 
as opposed to a six horse field. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just, gonna you're, you're naturally gonna have traffic trouble. You're naturally gonna, not gonna be able to choose your own path uh, right. because you're just limited in what you can do. And you're gonna be further back too. You're gonna get strung out a lot more. So you're gonna have ten lengths to make up instead of five lengths potentially to make up. And so I typically like using kind of these deep closers who may have had some trouble in previous races when the field sizes shrink up. So I'll use the five six exact in this one, but. Uh, interested to see whether who gets knocked out in this particular race between the two of us the one not named butterbean <laughs> <laughs> we'll see friendly little challenge there we'll see how it goes all right so last race six furlongs fifty thousand dollars non-winners of something non-winners of two somethings actually <laughs> It's an optional claimer, fifty thousand. All right, I I closed out a, my twenty five dollar daily double. It started with Butter being the knockout machine mm-hmm. with two horses, one chalky, and one a price. Uh, I'll start with the chalky, and I'll do the big reveal for the price. The three life is hard, mm-hmm. three to one should be pretty live speed down at the rail. Uh, has shown some versatility and could ray at the rail behind a good amount of early speed. There is speed here. I looked at those horses that were right behind that first wave, like right just sitting right off of it. Second off the layoff, and uh, it won its second career start. So I'm saying that's second off the layoff history. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, it was laid off for its entire life. <laughs> yeah. it, won, it won a race uh, off of a three-year layoff. That's amazing. <laughs> It is when you think about it that way. <laughs> Unfuckwithable logic, Matthew. The next one is going to be the four, and I don't know, just catch the fever of the bean theme. The four, Mrs. Beans, 10 to 1. Archie bread that drops out of Archie bread stakes ranks where it had no chance against Garhole. Garhole might be a yeah. star in unrestricted class. It's just short leaf is just taking all of the money that they're giving them by running an Archie bread like Garhole. In Archie Bread races. Mrs. Beans had no chance there, but still ran a good race. And will be in the same pace wave and very much uh, a horse for course uh, at a price. I guarantee that floats. People see that Arkansas Bread, that, that price is going up. Yeah. So this is, I we see life is hard the same. Uh, I like this horse a lot. I'm going to do a straight win bet with this horse. Uh, and... This is a horse, actually, I really liked when he was supposed to run last time. He got scratched uh, and then kind of came back. And and so I'm, I'm glad he's coming back because I really like this horse a lot. Also, if you're a big fan of symmetry, if you notice the first time out in his career, second by a neck. Last time out, which was first off the bench, second by a neck. I so, actually thought you were talking about the geometric principle of symmetry. No. There no. for a second. Because uh, I, I love it, but I think it's because I'm a Gemini. <laughs> my mom's a gemini she's not good at math but that's another conversation whoa uh, and so, <laughs> sir <laughs> now she really she that's self-admitted she would say she's not but um so i do like the uh three life is hard quite a bit there's a ton of speed we mentioned speed in the last race there is a ton of speed in this race yeah, uh is. and i just think it is going to be unsustainable so when i take a look at horses that are going to sit just off of that like life is hard i like that a lot I am going to uh, also do a $10 exacta with the three over the six, seven. Uh, and the six is Wheelan Springs, a horse that we liked a long time ago. It feels like ages ago at Pimlico mm-hmm. and finally showed a little bit of that previous form last time out. Maybe John Ortiz, maybe this horse just needed a few races back after a long layoff. 
willing to take a shot at a big price. And then I like this seven Albizu. I, I liked this horse a lot last time out and just had a little bit of traffic trouble and it ended up finishing uh, kind of third by a length and a half, but an honest horse who I think has a really good shot at finishing underneath. So that's how I'm going to play this last race. I mean, I, I do think that John Ortiz is maybe waking up a little bit. Also, show, so is the the you know connections he represents. It seems like uh, Shortleaf Stables with who, who owns Garhole, who we mentioned in the in mm-hmm. the previous race. Um, they they got back on the right side of things because they had not been having a, a good meet uh, for a couple of years. Uh, my one of my go-to angles with uh, Archie bread races was just find the short leaf horse and find the one that's messing around with the Lasix, either running without it, running with mm-hmm. them for the first time and always seemed to, to do me right. And that angle just dried up for me this year. I, I got impounded. So it'd be nice to have something familiar, you know, before, before the meet is over. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I guess Dio's still winning at a, at a ridiculous clip right now, so that's that's pretty familiar. Aspison's yeah. starting to warm up. I, I noticed, I've been watching his win percentage for the last couple weeks, and it's mm-hmm. like it just keeps ticking up by 1% <laughs> every single week. There's six weeks left. He's going to finish at like 17%. <laughs> yeah, but you and I talked about this offline, which was it feels like he doesn't have a number one jockey right now. He doesn't and have that's the dude. really weird. He does not have the dude. I agree. It, it, he's He's... There was some like I don't know I, I don't know the backstory behind the the Ricardo Santana Jr. and Asmussen divorce um, at at Oaklawn. I've heard stories, but it's not like As- that like Ricardo's not riding for him, but he's certainly not getting his best horses. But at this point, I mean, who are his best horses right now? Right. Who is he bringing? It, it seems like he's always bringing in someone different. Always bringing yeah. in someone different to ride it. So it's a it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see play out i feel like he just needs to, him and and ricardo need to go on like a couples retreat or something maybe something down by like lake hamilton or lake washita get massages talk it out you know you're always a problem solver chase gotta get yeah going. they'll find that the answer was inside of them the entire time um that's my favorite kind of resolution to a movie is that the answer the magic etc was ability was inside you this this entire time it's always there yeah it turns out this magic juice wasn't magic at all Matthew. All right. So I'm going to recap my plays real quick. Uh, starting in race five, we had a $50 ice cold double with the two Pittsburgh uh, in race five and number one, best of Greeley in race six. And then I had a $25 daily double starting race eight where we singled number two, Butterbean, parentheses, the knockout machine, nine to five. Uh, and then we uh, went to two horses in the uh, finale, the three Life is Hard, three to one, and the four Mrs. Beans. Maybe the two should hook up. Maybe. Ten to one. All right. Matthew. Yeah. Just I, He's uh, he's actually just unfurling a CVS uh, receipt right. of plays, <laughs> yeah, of plays it's something right else. now. So in race one, I went $10 to win on the four. In race two, I went $10 to show on the two but that's potential change to a place or a win bet depending on how the board plays out in race number three i do a 12 dollar daily double starting in race three with the five and then in race four i use the three four six seven in race five i use an exacta 12 dollar exacta key with the two up top at, uh, with the one four seven underneath in race six I will just do a straight-up $10 exacta on the 1-3 in race 7. I will do a $10 to win bet on the 1 in race 8. 
I will do a ten dollar to win on the five as well as a uh or yeah, just a ten dollar win on the five. And then in the last one, I will do a ten dollar win on the three as well as a ten dollar five over or three over six seven exacta. So that's a lot of information. A lot coming at you. A lot coming yeah. at you right there. Right. Uh this might be the time to like you to utilize like the the changing the playback speeds um yeah on spotify half speed. like half yeah speed. Half, <laughs> half, half speed through that um actually if you're gonna half speed thing uh i'm gonna sing uh al green's love and happiness at full speed so that you can then slow it down and chop it and screw it uh on your own because uh i was raised in the early aughts you know graduated high school in aught three which means i like chopped and screwed music suck it world all right <laughs> And on that positive note to my audience, we are going to call it a day here at the Notorious OTB. That wraps up Bankroll Builder Wednesday. Matthew, uh, tell the people where they can find you. They can find me on Twitter at the handle at Failed to Menace. Uh, that's where you can get all my content, whether it's the Win Play Show on Mondays, Graded Stakes Previews, Capping the Card, etc. Well, I got a lot of different content, obviously, as we heat up on the Derby Trail, but uh, Twitter's always the best place to find me and look forward to engaging with uh, new followers all the time. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We will catch you later this week. I'm going to have uh, whew, the man I hope doesn't listen to this podcast, Caleb Caleb Knight. He's going to be joining me uh, today or uh, later this week. I'm already frazzled. Do you hear it? Yeah, I'm just so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous to talk to him. All right. Well, I've got a lot of questions to ask myself in the mirror. We'll catch you next time. 